everybody. Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I am Scott Gerard. Joining me, as always, Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger. We might have a quick one for you tonight. There wasn't too much news. Well, I don't know, except for Tuscaloosa, the Tigers take the series from Alabama baseball two to one. Uh, we got that going for us uh, and to look into. Actually, I think we rose in the polls, but then we sank in the RPI somehow. I, I don't know. We could probably talk about what that means for us later on. But um, not too much news, although LSU basketball did land a highly touted transfer as uh, KJ Williams actually from Matt McMahon's old team. Uh, he was like the leading score in the Ohio Valley Conference last year. So not too shabby of a pickup. Um, Kim Mulkey had herself a nice pickup, too. She got herself an All-American from Maryland. Um, good for them. I'd say uh, LSU basketball um, is firing on all cylinders, men and women's. Um, and, you know, there's not too much going on with football. They're just kind of doing their summer, spring, spring slash summer workouts. But, I don't know, there's, there's some interesting NIL stuff kind of floating about. Uh, we'll probably touch on that, too. So, um, glad to have you with us. Guys, glad to do again with you as well. Um, hope you all had a, a good week. Um, did, you have a, did you have a good Mother's Day? Or did you, did you celebrate anything, do anything special? Um, yeah, good to be with you. Uh, I didn't really do anything special for Mother's Day in person. I gave my mother a call. But, that was good. That's something. Um, yeah, you know, um, not too much going on. You, like you said, a little bit of a slow week for LSU, but we're still back at it, ready to deliver uh, deliver the news to the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happy to be with y'all. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the Tiger moms uh, in attendance. I don't know how many listen to this podcast, but maybe there's one or two. And, oh, there's a ton. That, this, that's our number one demographic, is true. Tiger Mall. <laughs> There's uh, probably at least three, right? A lot of times they're more passionate. Uh, than I know. I, I can't count on one. <laughs> There's one I can't count on. Uh, fair enough. Um, but anyway, uh, let's let's get on into it. Um, I'd say the, you know the the biggest the the best news of the week. LSU baseball took a series at Alabama. It was actually their third straight road series victory, which is awesome. You know, it's kind of what we've been talking about. They kind of need to build up some momentum towards the postseason because. Uh, you know, there's guys ahead of us, not only in our division, but in the SEC and overall. And there's like, what, 15, 16 or so teams ahead of us in the rankings, um, which will kind of play a crucial part a little bit later. Depends what we do in these last two series and midweek games, because at this point, I think it's it's starting to get about your seating and your your rankings and all that in your RPI, uh, because, you know, I, I think what is it, the top 16 teams or they're the ones that they kind of host the host, the regionals and the super regionals. So yeah. every, everything, every game you could say is important from here on out. I don't think LSU is going to win every single game, but I think they have it in them to take the series, but uh, to focus specifically on this Bama uh, series, man, it was a great game Friday night, kind of back and forth. You know, it was kind of a, you could say it was a, a little bit of a thriller, although all the, all the scoring was done in the sixth inning, I believe. Um, thanks to Dylan Cruz and some uh, some late game pitching from from LSU, Mikhail Hilliard had another good outing. Uh, I mean that's that seems to be the steady Eddie guy on the pitching staff right there. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd say looking all three games, I think the offense is there. I was kind of worried about that first game though because I was thinking, oh man, do not give up this first game to to Alabama because if we can't at least get the first game, it's going to be that much harder to get 
win one and two, uh, just to take the series. Because uh, the you know, I don't know, I guess the momentum, but also it's like our 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 stonewall of a pitcher is is on Friday night, and if they'd have lost that game, I don't know. It kind of showed itself in the next game because LSU pretty much I don't know I don't know if you'd say they were blown out. I mean, they're up seven to one, I think, at one point, but it just seemed like it was going to be Alabama's game. Uh, but it was kind of the, uh, the tables were turned on that last game. Cause LSU just, they actually did blow the doors off of them. One, I think 12 to three. Um, and I, I don't know, I'd say if you could, uh, if you could put it on two things this weekend, I'd say one, it's, you know, the, the pitching in that first game, maybe even the, uh, the third game, but, uh, Dylan Cruz, man, he's kind of, he kind of carried this team offensively had a heck of a week was named SEC co-player of the week. I don't know why co. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else he has to do. He went seven for 11, seven RBIs, three home runs, had some great plays in the outfield. Just give him player of the week. I, I don't know who, I forget who else they gave it to, but um, uh, glad we have Dylan Cruz. And uh, I don't know, any, uh, what's, your, what's your initial thoughts? Uh, we'll probably break it down some more. But Tommy, what, uh, you know, what'd, you, what'd you take away from this series right as we're out winding down the regular season? Um. I take away we we won another series in the SEC. That's good for us. Um, yeah. You know, I think that the the deficiencies we talked about for the entire season are still there. Like money, but he didn't even make it out of the first inning, right? Yeah, the game was over before it even started on Saturday. They yanked money at thirteen pitches, zero outs. I mean, like we just mm-hmm. we don't have strong pitching, and and I think that. I think we have a lot of okay arms in the bullpen. I would not say we have a, we have anybody locked down in the bullpen. Now we're able to kind of, sometimes we're able to string a string, a bunch of guys together that, that can, you know, get us through a game by committee. But, um, and I don't know if it's like a chicken or the egg thing where it's like, well, we don't have any, we don't have a starter. So we put a lot more pressure on all of our bullpen guys. Whereas if we had like some real starters, like we just had one or two real, real starters who can go six, seven innings consistently, maybe our bullpen would, would be a little bit, would have a little bit more time to breathe and, you know, be, or maybe it's that we don't have a strong bullpen and, you know, that, that makes it a little bit harder on our, on our starters, but Either way, I mean, I would I'd say our pitching is not where it needs to be to be really competitive in this league, and our hitting is great, um, yeah, because we have some of the most talented hitters in the league. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've got, like you said, we've got the uh, player of the week in Dylan Cruz. We've got Jacob Berry, uh, uh, although may or may not be injured. It's kind of a weird kind of thing with him. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Trey Morgan. Uh, Kate Doty we've got a lot of great players but I I don't think I've just I don't know if this team's gonna go it can go that far on on if you're if you're uh if your number two starting pitcher can't go one inning that does that's not good I don't care who you're playing right yeah overall um obviously it's always good to go on the road and pick up a series win uh to, to bolster those rankings like you were talking about Scott trying to get the top 16 seed to host the regional um i think it's most lsu tiger baseball fans would consider it a failure if a regional wasn't coming home to baton rouge yeah um so mm-hmm. and we're, we're kind of floating right on the edge of that around now with rankings between like 15 to, to 20 so uh, these last two series against old miss and, and vanderbilt were going to be real crucial uh, in that regard like you mentioned tommy the 
pitching was kind of all over the place. Um, Hilliard got out a couple of tight jams in the first game, which kept us alive. And then Dylan Cruz, yeah, just a one-man wrecking crew, uh, one-man wrecking crews. Um, (laughs) So that's, and like you mentioned, the offense, uh, real awesome. The errors kind of reared their head again. I think we had like two or three in every game. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Thompson, I was almost a liability at shortstop sometimes. Didn't, don't we have like the most errors in like the country? We, I know we're definitely the worst in the SEC yeah. in fielding yeah. percentage and number of errors, but he'll like boot repeatedly kind of feet, uh, routine balls, which is tough to watch. And then we had, I remember one where Bama Lake dribbled it to the pitcher, Grant Taylor, and he picked up and hummed it like into the stands basically. <laughs> and that started off their whole rally where they got like five runs in one inning. He's like, all you had to do was throw it 10 feet to the guy yeah. and then we would have been out of the game. Uh, but so if that type of thing happens against stiffer competition, we're, we may be in for a little bit of a hurt. Yeah. Cause I mean like Alabama's not a stellar baseball team. Like, no. yeah. Um, I guess semi good news is if we get Ole Miss at home next week and Ole Miss is definitely on down year for them. They're mm-hmm. not even ranked. Um, so taking again, two, uh, two out of three there. I'll go a long way. We're kind of, we're tied for fourth right now in SEC play and the first four get a buy in the SEC tournament. So if we can at least get that, then um, that'll be a big boost going on. We don't have a first round exit like last year. Yeah. I, yeah, Alabama, I didn't, I, I don't think they're that good overall, uh, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, they're, they're definitely dangerous for us. They were, I mean, it, you know, if we hadn't won that first game, you know, if they hadn't, if LSU's pitching hadn't shut them out like the last four innings, uh, we probably would have lost this series. Um, but going back to, I and mean, we, we did it without Jacob Berry, basically. I don't know, you, you mentioned his injury. I don't know, from what Jay Johnson said, it's, it's like, well, it's, he has, you know, he has a, what do you call it, dexterity? I don't know, he has mobility with the finger. It's just how much pain he wants to play with. Um, I don't know that they need to force him into the lineup, you know, for this next midweek game. But uh, I don't know. It's I don't know how many games we can do without him, though. You know. Yeah. Uh, this was Dylan Cruz's weekend, but who knows? Maybe we need Jacob Berry next weekend. You know. Yeah, they said it was a hairline fracture on his index finger. He had it during batting practice. I assume he just took a ball like right off the tip yeah. of his finger. Mm-hmm. And they were saying he could pinch hit right-handed. He's naturally a lefty. Um, yeah. He's a switcher. They said he could pinch hit right-handed. Um, but that didn't happen, and, but he's out indefinitely, so maybe you're maybe not receiving his Ole Miss. That's the weird thing is, like, you know, I saw one – I saw conflicting reports. I saw one report where it's, like, out indefinitely, broken finger, and then I saw – then, of course, I think, you, Daniel, you – I said it's something to you, and you were like, well, no, like, they said he can play. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't think we're seeing him against Southeastern tomorrow, but – and maybe, maybe not against Ole Miss, but um, – the thing, and, and this is something that I've heard around LSU circles kind of in, this is a little more inside baseball. Uh, they're very um, concerned about Barry's draft stock. So that's, so for instance, I think we talked about this earlier. Uh, so, you know, you might say, well, Barry, he, he doesn't look comfortable in the field. He doesn't look comfortable in right field. He doesn't look comfortable at third base, right? Um, he doesn't look comfortable really anywhere he's played. I think he played a little bit of left and he doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't even look comfortable in left. Mm. So the obvious thing you say is like, well, why wouldn't you just put him as a DH? Right. And from what I've heard from people who are, who are close to the LSU baseball program, um, Barry is a draft eligible sophomore and they're very concerned that 
if he um, if he is sat or not sat if he's made a DH that his draft stock will go down and he'll get he'll get drafted worse he'll make less money because. Sense. A D, you know, a, a D. If you're if you're strictly a DH in, in college, like that doesn't spell. I guess you're not as useful in the majors. So, um, yeah, it does make sense. What what if you know you could say what if this is actually kind of his avenue to to get the excuse to be a DH? You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, is his 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 glove hand is is or I guess is he right handed throwing? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's right-handed throwing switch hitter. The switch hitter. Yeah. You know, oh, his his glove hand. He can't he can't feel because his glove hand is is uh is hurt, but he can still hit. So maybe this is the way we get. Maybe we actually get kind of the best of both worlds with this. I think that's the that's the uh, maybe the ideal situation. But um, you know, I do think that there's there's definitely something to to think about as far as the powers at B are very concerned about his, his draft stock, his, and his prospects as a, as a major league baseball player in this coming draft. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's, if that's a strong consideration for them. I understand that, but you said something a while ago, like when we first brought this up, when people were, you know, kind of saying what the fans can also see, even if yeah. you've never played the game, it's like, well, I mean, yeah, it's like, or, do you really think a, that, that is going to help this team. I understand he has a career and a future, but that has nothing to do with, I don't know, uh, us really. <laughs> you know, it's like they're there for this team to win games. So are you going to kind of put the brakes on your own team just for this one guy's draft stock? I don't see why you would. Um, also, B, it's eventually they're going to know. You know, then you're gonna just gonna look like, all right, well, you know, they they hit his deficiencies at LSU, so um, then what? I, I don't know. I really don't know how how we are helping him. I well, think some, I think a real cynical way of looking at it is, you know, all the money in Major League Baseball is guaranteed. So you could be the biggest bust in all of Major League Baseball history and still make millions. Um, sure. I now I, I agree with you. I think that you I think you would like to you know you would like to say. That oh no, Jay Johnson's not doing that. He's going to play to win. And I think that I think there's definitely a middle ground to it. But I think that you know this is not a guy who he um, this is not a guy who kind of set out to go to LSU. I guess I, now he does have. I think he has ties back here. Isn't his dad from Louisiana? Barry's yeah. dad. I'm not I'm sure on that. I think he is, but. But regardless, like obviously he chose to go to Arizona, and, he, and the reason he's here is not because he wants to play for LSU. He came here to play for Jay Johnson, and I, I bet, um, I bet there were talks, you know, in the hey, I, I, I want to come here. Of, of look, like I'm, dra- I'm going to the draft, and like I need you to help me out. I and and I think it's it's I don't I don't like it either, but um, I mean, look, Derek Stingley, we saw it with with him or Cam Thomas, you know what I mean? It's, it's happened in every single sport. Like, you know, these, these players, the players who kind of are able to get that leverage and who are, you know, supposed to be top prospects end up having, you know, they do get the kind of special treatment or the, or the, uh, the, we're going to, we're going to play what's best for you in your future 
in the same, you know, and put that into the consideration. So it's, it's something right. that LSU plays up to a lot, kind of retroactively when the especially players, in football. Yeah, when the players in the pros start doing well, and then they kind of like not yeah. try to claim the success, but they're like, "This was our guy back in the day." Well, you know the thing, and and this is not really baseball related, but it's LSU related. It goes back to Les Miles. That was the pitch that Les Miles used to sell to people. He used to say look, I don't want you for four years. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't even care if you're, you can, you can come here redshirt and leave as a soft, as a, you know, draft eligible sophomore. I don't care. Just come give me a year or come give me two years and go play in the league. Um, now, of course, we've seen how that's kind of, how that was kind of detrimental to us um, towards the end of his term, because we never, you know, we, we started out having those stars who really could go after two years or go after three years but most people can't do that. Most people, I'd actually, I'd say everyone could, can do, can do for better development you know, across all sports. I think a year of college, um, barring some freak injury, a year of college pretty much only helps you. Um, you know, if you, if you keep, keep at it, but, um, you know, we, I think we had, a, we've had a lot of people, even this year, you can see it with the NFL, with, with our NFL guys. I think there are a lot of people who go to that. We go to early. And um, I think I think that definitely hurts their stock in the long run. It might mm-hmm. not hurt their draft stock, but it hurts their professional career. Yeah, I mean, because you're not getting that development, and I, you know, like you could make the argument. Well, you know, all the guys that you mentioned, uh, well, there's Stingley. I would even throw in Jamar Chase. Like those guys. Well, Jamar, Jamar Chase sat out like a whole season. Didn't hurt his draft stock. Derek Stingley didn't really finish the game or the season rather. And I don't know. I think most, you know, astute Tiger fans would say he's, you know, he didn't want to damage his draft stock and he just, he sat out the rest of the season. He kind of underwhelmed that last season anyway, but obviously it didn't hurt his draft stock. He went number three overall. I don't know if you could do that with Jacob Berry though. Right. Like he, he couldn't sit out the rest of the season and just work on certain things in the off season and be okay. Um, but or like no, just I, excuse me, just DH the rest of this season and work on it in the offseason and be okay. Well, I wouldn't know. I, I think that to be honest, I think that that's that might be like what he what he needs is the I think the injury could be you. You know, I think that's a that's a very valid. I mean, I'm not also we're not here to say he's faking an injury. So like I'm sure he has a broken finger. It turns into a Miles Brennan or Derek Sumer situation where they're just kind of out like week to week. Well, no, I I I say I say that this could. I'm trying to try to look at the glass half full and say we've said Barry has is kind of def, he's kind of not great in the field. He doesn't look comfortable in the field, but he obviously can hit. He's he might be our you know on some nights he's our best hitter. Um, it, him, Cruz, and Trey Morgan pretty much battle it out every night. Who's better? I can't tell you who's better. They're all great. Um, in some ways we might, we, it might be better for him to be just the DH. And if, if, if that's something that would, let's say a month ago, if like on paper, you know, if we're playing money ball and you're going to just put, put the, put the lineup on the field, that's going to win the most games, no matter what, no matter, you know, what anybody, anybody thinks that might be Barry in, at DH, but like we've said, like we, we, you know, the draft stock thing. Well, with it, with an injury, with an injury to his glove hand, that's a that's a valid reason that I think NFL, I mean, uh, MLB scouts would say, well, I get why he didn't play. I get why he just DH'd. That might be this might end up being better for a team. Yeah, pros do that all the time, right? Oh yeah, pros will do it. Yeah. Um, 
So here's the thing is, do you guys think like if that was the case, it might help clean up some of these errors? Cause he's been moving guys around trying to find the, the right cohesion, both in the batting order, but also on the field. It's like, if he didn't have to, you know, find a place for Jacob Barry, like if there's a better defender, excuse me, if there's like a better fielder for third and in the outfield and he can just hit, I don't know. I, maybe the Tigers would improve slightly if if their defense was better. I don't know that they're going to fix everything because they're still making just silly errors. They're passing balls. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, Barry's not Barry's not the only – he makes errors, but he's not the only one making errors. Right, exactly. Um, and even even without fielding errors, it's like our pitchers are just so, you know, hot and, hot and cold, Jekyll and Hyde, so, so to speak. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just wonder, if, though, if it might help us – just cut down on the miscues somewhat. That might help us on a kind of like a swing game here where it's very close, kind of like Friday night where it's like, you know, don't make an error because it'll cost you the game. Yeah. So I don't know. It's some, some to watch, I guess. Um, but I, because, you know, I, if you watch the batting order, he's been changing it up completely. Jay Johnson's still trying to find something. I don't know. Maybe he does it for every game based on who they're facing, but um He's finally going to do it with the pitching. Now, you could say, oh, well, Blake Money didn't play too too much Saturday, so he's still kind of fresh. Yeah, I mean, he faced four batters. Um, I oh, think like he 16 walked. pitches? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think it's a great time, kind of like what you were saying with Barry. It's like, yeah, just put him at DH. It's, we can conceal that fact. Same with the pitching, you know? It's like he's surely in the back of his mm-hmm. mind, he's been thinking, all right, well, maybe Blake Money isn't my second-day starter, but I don't have anybody else yet. But he's going to use him on Tuesday for that midweek game. I don't know. It's kind of like sending him down to the minors, right? Yeah, kind of, yeah. sort of, in a small way. If you're a starting yeah. pitcher, yeah, it's all yeah. like what they call like a simulated game. Sometimes they'll do that just to get your feet wet again. Yeah, but I mean that means we got to find somebody else to start on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know that I'm confident that someone's out there. They just they're just waiting for this chance, Coach. Just give me a chance, man. I don't know if that exists. That'd be great to see, but I just. I don't Kenny know. Worms. What, yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly. If he goes, hey, if he goes one inning, that's a, that's a one hundred percent improvement. <laughs> they right away infinite improvement over zero. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I guess we'll see what he does against Silu tomorrow night. But just something to you know keep an eye on because I don't know. I just feel like we're going to get shredded, uh, you know, in postseason. We'll have a really good first game. We might win that first game. And I think the only way it helps you, it wouldn't be until Omaha, though. It's like if you win that first game in Omaha, like you, you get to skip like a game or two just depending on who who plays after that and what they do. It's like you you need that first pitcher, that first game, but then you're off for a few days. Um, not to say that you would throw Mikhail Hilliard in again, but it's like who, you have time to figure it out. Uh, and maybe Hilliard would be even that much more rested when he is needed again. Cause I, I don't know. It's like, it's just such a, it's just such a, I don't know if you'd call it a gauntlet, man. But once, you know, once you get to Omaha or, you know, the pussy in general, it's just three games back to back to back, uh, when, and you're in, you don't, you're gone. Um, even with the regionals, like if they're, well, there's not going to be a tie, it's only going to be three games, but still it's like, if you use your pitchers, that's it. There's, there's no, there's no next week. There's no midweek game. It's it. So I don't know. I, I really don't know what we have left in the tank. I guess it'll be interesting to see right yeah i mean I, I i don't know i think you're right like i don't know how well we have in the tank and i feel like we especially our pitching is just such a wild card that uh, yeah. all we can do is sit back and watch 
No point in predicting it. Right. You can't. You can't. Um, I don't know. I guess you could predict what they might do. I think LSU can, should take the series against Ole Miss. they got to win this midweek game too, though, because, uh, I don't know, all these teams that LSU's beat earlier on in the season where we you know, came out to that great start, uh, you know, some of these teams are starting to fall off, and I think that's what's killing our RPI. And I don't know. Again, it's it's just seeding. It doesn't mean we will be out of the postseason, but like you said earlier, we want to host a regional. The players definitely want to host a regional. The fans deserve one, I think. It's been a while, but um, it depends on all these games. Uh, so we'll see. Got Ole Miss, Fandy, and uh, in the SEC tournament, I don't know. I think the SEC tournament would be a good barometer of what we do in the postseason because, you know, even if they don't win it, they'll be all right. But you can just see what they do with the pitching because, yeah, once it starts, you know, there's just, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Three weeks left, home stretch, close them out. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that was it for baseball, unless you, unless you guys found something else we did uh, not already mention. What you got? Uh, I think so. I think that's it. Now I was going to say, do y'all want to talk about this NIL collective news? Yeah. Touch on that. Yeah. What's you said there was some news that came out today. So I'll, I'll lead into it. So that this is kind of came out Monday afternoon, just a couple hours ago where all these articles come out at the same time, this headline NCAA trying to crack down on booster involvement in NIL deals. Pretty much what's going on is, that schools were setting up these kind of so-called collectives mm-hmm. where it's kind of just like a, a fund for boosters to put money in. And then the collective connects local businesses or national businesses, whatever, with their players and NIL deals and kind of funnels them the money yeah. through it's those money That's so what it is. It's in the guise of an NIL deal. So one with your local car wash, like the guy's not getting a hundred thousand dollars from the car wash, but he might be getting a hundred thousand dollars worth of money. Yeah. Um, he's getting a hundred thousand dollars and like the car wash is getting like basically free advertising. Yeah. It's, and so the NCAA is saying like, y'all can't be doing this. We're trying to separate the boosters, which are the people who help out with recruiting all that from the NIL deals from the actual businesses. Like the players are supposed to be finding the deals on their own or be contacted by the businesses themselves. The business isn't supposed to be getting the money from some third party source that already has ties to the organization. And that's kind of what a lot of people think has led to these like huge recruiting classes like Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Uh, you had like the highest rated class of all time. And they, they have a like, huge collection. Supposedly they got like a hundred million dollars in the bank or whatever to, to hand out. Uh, so the NCAA is like, oh my goodness, we've gone way too far already in two years. We're trying to kind of walk it back. Do you know who the head of, do you know who the head of SMU's collective is? Mm. Eric Dickerson. Ah, that would have been my guess. Like, I mean, it's, 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 it's transparent. Like, come yeah. on, like, let's not, let's not be confused with what's going on. And um, that's it's it's just so like I don't know it's so stupid I, I think it's stupid I think the whole thing is stupid um, I'm, I understand the need for the nil I understand that it's unfair that players can't like you know like so when I was I, I took a business law class in undergrad at LSU and there was a uh, I was in class with a guy who ran track for or he ran uh, cross country for LSU. He was talking about a friend of his who was a, a cross-country runner, um, I think actually at AM. And the guy 
like invented some sort of equipment for cross country. Like, I don't know what it was. It was like either a, a shoe. I mean, what, what else do they use? Yeah, really. I don't <laughs> know. It was like a shoe or maybe it, it might've been like some sort of wristband to hold your phone or it right. was something that, and he couldn't, like he literally, like the NCAA, he, he took it to the NCAA and like, this was before NIL. He took it to the NCAA and said, Hey, like I created this, like I want to sell it. I'm not, you know, like this is not like, it's just me like me doing this, I'm not getting paid by the school. It doesn't have anything to do with a and I'm not even selling it at our events. I want to do it over the summer. They said, no, you can't do it at all. You're a student athlete. You're an amateur. Um, I understand that. I think that's stupid. You know, it's like, I understand that me and Daniel, we're students, but we also can go, we also have jobs. We can get a job and we get paid in our off time. I think that you should be able to do that. But this is, this is literally just, I mean, this is, and it was the same way in July when they released it and it hasn't changed. It's just a way, this is legalizing the paying of players. Um, and now it's just an arms race of who can get this, these collectives, you know, LSU doesn't have a collective. That collective we have right now is the injury attorney, Gordon McKernan. Gordon, yeah. Like, and if you, if you don't know who that is, I can tell you probably haven't driven through Baton Rouge in the last few years. Cause there's no way you could, drive from one side of Baton Rouge to the other and not see his name at least what three times maybe oh he's everywhere <laughs> yeah he's all over Louisiana now and all of our players are all over his bill yeah he's Mr. LSU sports basically yeah and I mean like I, I appreciate that like I'm glad like you know he he just had the it looks like he just had to buy all Kayshawn Butte again <laughs> did you see that one Scott no what what do you mean Kayshawn Butte. So, so there was a lot of rumors like around Christmas time of uh-oh, Kayshawn Butte is going to follow Eli Ricks. He's going to Bama because he wants a big NIL deal. Well, then Gordon came in and said, okay, I'm going to pay Kayshawn. And like, I've heard on interviews, they've interviewed Gordon and he basically has said like, yeah, like I didn't want to see our best player leave our team. So like, he's like, I care about LSU. And like, I thought this could be good for my business. But the way that he talks about it is very much a, yeah, like I'm doing this for LSU because I feel like we're kind of behind on the NIL stuff. Um, which again, as to Daniel's point to this story, like that's not what the that's not what the NCAA had in mind when they created this. It's not like they, you know, it's supposed to be opportunities for people to get jobs, basically. It's not supposed to be like buying them off to not leave your school. And so um, and so uh, but he like this week. Uh, Gordon put out another, uh, put out like a picture on in social media. I think Kayshawn was putting it out too. It was like Kayshawn Butte got Gordon, and then it says like again. And so he's like, I, it's like implying I think that he that he, they had to re, that they renegotiated his NIL deal, um, which I just think is hilarious because I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I, well, whatever. What do I know? I just don't think. I just don't think that Kayshawn Butte wearing a Gordon McKernan t-shirt moves the needle on Gordon McKernan on, on how many people are calling him for injury services. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I mean, if you go a little bit further East on I 10, then it's, you know, it's Alexander Shannara and associates. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's to stop any of these guys from just do, you know, like the, like the collectives you're talking about, like, you know, um, all right, we're going to start the pancake factory at Texas. If you, if you're an offensive lineman and you sign with us, 50 grand a year, boom done i don't know this is a thing uh, brian kelly actually had a, a pretty good point on it um he said like what this system is not sustainable i i get the point where they had to change something because it didn't seem fair that 
everyone could make something off of their likeness except them. Yes. And I'm not talking about signing mini footballs in a hotel room like uh, Johnny Menzel. No, I'm just talking like, hey, uh, you know, I want you to try out this new shoe. I, you know, you, you're a fast wide receiver. I think, oh, yeah, let me try. Okay, cool. Partnership. Here we go. Um, but what it's done now is it's, it's just like a, a huge cash grab. And it's going to create, I think, more problems than it's trying to solve. Because think about this. Um, you know, you got Arch Manning floating around out there. He's, who knows where he's going to go. But, you know, supposedly he's like the biggest, going to be the biggest NIL deal. By the way, I don't know, I understand how else she was so behind the times. We had the, the largest NIL deal, like, come in out of the gate with, what's her name, Olivia Dunn, the gymnast? Yeah. Like, I, I, she got a million dollars. I never even really heard of her before. Well, the LSU's behind the times already. I don't. Well, the thing is, is that I think that uh, Instagram. I, was Instagram. I, don't, I don't think that I don't. I don't think that had, that deal had anything to do with LSU. That's her. Right. She would have right. gotten that if she was at UCLA. Right. Auburn. Fair know, Boston College. Yeah. It's her Instagram um, followers. It's her Instagram following. It's her. It's her. Yeah, it's her Instagram. Well, following. well, back to the the football stuff. Like, I mean players have been getting money for a long time now. Yeah. But the, the thing is, it's always kind of been behind closed doors and secret circles. But then with the NIL, the conference room door is thrown wide open and you get a peek into some stuff you may not want to see. And now the NCAA oh, is kind of caught with their no, pants that's down. A, that's a really good point, Daniel. I think, well, and of course, I don't know. Maybe I, I would, I guess, I guess they don't do polling on this kind of stuff. But like, I don't know what the average college football fan thinks of all this. But I do think that like the game is, 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 very very quickly getting even dirtier than it used to. it feels dirtier than it even used to well, be because it's almost like a they've given them a license to just like say all right you can do whatever you want and then we can't really do anything about it obviously they're having this new crackdown they're saying we're going to do some eligibility do um penalties for like egregious offenses and stuff and they're going to do more going forward but yeah in, unless there's some kind of hard and fast ubiquitous rules that they can enforce consistently and that's been another question they haven't enforce these recruiting violations consistently in the past then people are going to just not listen and do what it takes to to bring a trophy home get a player to their school um so that's kind of how college football and college sports in general is right now but i mean this is something we've talked about for three years on this podcast and we'll probably be talking about it in three more years oh yeah i mean it's not going anywhere they've let let, let the genie out of the bottle you can't put it back no that's why i don't i don't i don't don't know what the NCAA. you know unless the, okay, the, the, the thing that's gonna the thing that's gonna happen, or what's gonna be crazy, I think, and I don't know if this would ever happen, but I think there I think there could come a time where um, a school stop listening to NCAA like eligibility requirements or eligibility sanctions um, in football because you know the NCAA doesn't even sanction a playoff the playoff like that's not the NCAA has really nothing to do with college football um you know they have the college football playoff which is a basically a company uh, a the collective BC, the B, yeah really the BCS was a collect you know a collective of sorts so they don't now what the way that the NCAA the leverage they get is through all the other sports you know what I mean they sanction everything else so and and most schools are going to say like well, we can't not have everything else we don't we don't want to we don't want to give up March Madness in exchange for you know one player being you know fighting back against one player uh, playing 
in sports and playing on football on a football field. But I do I do wonder if there will be a come a time where um whether it's Georgia, Alabama, you know, I think it'd be a big school, Ohio State, maybe even LSU, where one guy gets maybe some guy gets dinged for an NIL deal and the team is just like, mm, he's gonna play. Mm-hmm. We don't see anything wrong with what he did, and yeah. he's gonna play. And then the I don't know, the, the NCAA the NCAA is probably gonna, I don't know, you, you could say they're either gonna just kind of fade into the background or they'll just go away completely after all this stuff kind of shakes out. But uh, back to what Brian Kelly was saying before I sidetracked myself with Olivia Dunn's Instagram account, he's saying it's going to create a, it's not sustainable because think about this. Um, they have a Keishon Butte or, you know, you have Walker Howard, you know, whoever else it's going to be. And they're going to get whatever in ideals they can get. But then you know, what if next year some, you know, flashy young kid comes in and all of a sudden he's got millions because of who he is and what he's doing. Just, I don't know, just think about what that's going to create, what kind of atmosphere that's going to create, not even just on the team, but just like maybe in that position group, you know, just. We we don't even need to have say what ifs. I mean, just look at, just look up at Clemson. DJ Uyungle was, is the, the spokesperson for Dr. Pepper. He probably had the biggest, I would, he does. He, I don't think he had the biggest money, like n- n- number figure, uh, nil deal. But as far as like exposure, I, I would say Dr Pepper is probably the biggest brand that advertises in college football. Maybe other than maybe maybe Allstate too. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, he might not be their starter next year, <laughs> right? Like yeah. he did. He did not play well this year. Um, I, from what I, I haven't kept up too closely with him. But I do know that uh, I've listened to some podcasts and they're talking about, you know, that that they have another another quarterback who's competing and, you know, seems to be um, like, it's, it, you know, it's just like any other, it's just like any other top, top tier program. They have a ton of guys. And so I think that that is something that, that you could totally see going on. That's why my prediction at the very, at the very beginning of the, um, of the, the NIL stuff is I, I do think that it will settle down after a year or two. And I think that only, only like the Arch Mannings and the Bryce Youngs will be getting the NIL deals and the rest of them won't. Because I think that the value of putting money on a kid who starts one year, but then may, may, be on, may not even be on the team next year because, because college football is so unpredictable as far as players go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think that, I think that businesses and marketing, pro, marketing departments will start to see that that's not really a great return on investment. Right. And there's also, you know, these, these walk on guys or the guys that did get a scholarship that are just so buried on the depth chart that are not going to get an NIL deal. Remember it was a few years ago, I think it was a UConn basketball player. You know, he came out after they won the title and was talking about how we don't even have money for food or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how that's going to work is your player, like your quarterback has all this money, but then there's some guy on the line that's, I don't know. I doubt all the offensive linemen really miss many meals, but you know, I just think of that situation where there's someone on your team that's like really struggling, but here you have some millionaire who, who already has a table set for him. All he has to do is finish his career at LSU or wherever, and he can get drafted. He's already going to have millions, but he's going to have millions at college where other guys are struggling. It's just going to create a very difficult dynamic, not just for themselves, but I mean, the coaches, I don't even know how you would, <laughs> like, what do you tell to one and not the other? Like, I don't know if you need, can you just 
can you just give him some of your money? Like, I mean, how's that even going to work? It's, it's, it's going to create a weird dynamic, but I, I don't know. It's, it's too late. Pandora's box is open. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. You know, I know Nick Saban hates it, but he's not, he's not going to not do it. He's definitely taking advantage of it. Oh yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's a, so it's, it's, it's the wild West again. It feels like, um, I don't know. Was it, was there any other, uh, NIL like rumors or. I think that's it. They'll probably have the kind of general reactions from all the coaches and media pundits over the next week or so, uh, to this kind of development. And we'll see if these kind of collectives actually do get shut down or if they just morph into a different, uh, form. Um, but I think that's it for, for right now. No. Um, and that'll be it for right now for our NIL talk. Cause I mean, that, that horse will be there next week. We can beat it then. Um, but I did want to mention LSU basketball. Um, it was, you know, pretty quiet week, although Matt, Matt McCann, Matt McMahon is, uh, has done really well in the off season. Uh, but he actually just got a little bit better this week because he signed, I think it was the, I don't know if it was his best player, but it was like the, the guy in the Ohio Valley Conference that was that scored the most points a game. Um, KJ Williams, six ten. Uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be a, a force to be reckoned with. I think he's he already had a pretty good team in place just for what time he's been there already. But this, I, I don't know. Like I don't know if this is gonna help or hurt with uh, Adam Miller. I hope it helps, but it's like. With that piece in place, and maybe if Adam Miller stays, he's going to announce any – no, he's, what do you say, on the 13th or something? Probably in the next week or so. Um, but if he stays, man, LSU's going to go from kind of middling and wasting talent to, you know, possibly possibly contending, man. They, they, could, be, they could be really good in his first year. So it's a high bar, but they could be really good in his first year, you know. Yeah, I mean, LSU's basically become Murray State South is their <laughs> yeah. third, third transfer in. And, I mean, it's hard to turn down the conference player of the year, even if it is Ohio Valley. So, um, at least there's some consistency among there. Matt McMahon knows these guys and knows what they're capable of. I mean, they went 31-3 and three in the Ohio Valley Conference last year. Mm-hmm. So, you're not clashing. You're getting, you're getting a group of winners. Yeah, you're not clashing with the Titans, but they know how to play together and they know how to win. Uh, so, that's exciting for me. And, um that's six transfers total. So uh, the the tentacles have extended and pulled in all sorts of fellas. So it just has to play out on the court, I guess. But um, yeah, study up if you're an LSU basketball fan to see whose names you got to learn. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be all different. Um, but anyway, good good pickup for them. Um, I think the transfer portal window is closed for basketball. Uh, so that should probably be the last bit of movement. I don't know when it opens up again, if it does, you know, before the season, but um, that's, that's it. That's like, that's probably all we'll see. Right. Other than just, you know, if someone commits to LSU outright out of high school, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. Interesting stuff. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do next year in year one. If it's anything like Kim Mulkey did look out. Um, I don't know, guys. I think that was, uh, that was pretty much all he had. All he had on the grill. Yeah, I think that's about it. Okay. <laughs> then we they can don't... wrap it up there, a little express pod. Wrap it. <laughs> what do you say? I said wrap it. <laughs> wrap it. Oh, my goodness. Wrap it up, B. Wrap it up. All right, well, it sounds like that'll do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Uh, hope you folks have a good week. Stay tuned. We're going to have 
the recap of this, uh, well, the game tomorrow against uh, Southeastern Louisiana, but then also the Ole Miss series. Tigers are playing it at the box, got the home field advantage. Hopefully they take care of it uh, and use it and uh, find that second-day starter. We shall see. Either way, we'll have it for you here next week on Talking Tigs. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs. Thank you.